Face section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh, Jesus, baby. Hey. All right, hey guys. My name is Pete Cabrera Jr. with Royal Family International University and School of Identity and Lifestyle. And you are listening to the All Jesus Podcast. And we've been doing the Masterclass. This is the Masterclass on the Full Guide to Divine Healing and Training in the Spirit. And last week, we did number one that was confirming the three offices and why we can heal in the name of Jesus and how scripture confirms it. And today we're going to be talking about how you can receive healing for yourself and how you can walk in that manifestation right now. Sweet Jesus. Oh my God. So guys, this is coming right off the heels of number one. This is number two. Okay. So we're going to talk about some stuff. So for everybody that's on here, uh, remember what I'm going to be talking about is a lot of scripture. If you listen to the podcast, I love the word. I'm a stickler for the word. I love to bring the word into the forefront because like I said before, if he created it with a word, he can heal it with a word. And we were created through the word. And like I tell everybody, uh, we're just like our father. We create our language creates the reality in which we live in. We create, which means our creation is coming out of our mouth. We are now becoming one with the word and allowing the word to become flesh. And what we speak, you know, the scripture tells us that um, life and death's on the tip of the tongue. And he also says that he puts before you life and death choose life now a lot of us do not walk out life we choose life but walking out life that's another conversation because jesus is life he's the truth and the way and the life and scripture also tells us that our life is hidden in christ which i confirm that you don't even have a life until you come to jesus so get a life get into jesus right the ultimate the ultimate ultimate life is the Christ. So I want to say hello to Anita and bro, Seth. We got Wanda. We got Emmanuel. We got Xavier. We got all these cats on here. And this is amazing. We have my beautiful and amazing queen, Katie Cabrera, listening in. Thank you, honey. An amazing morning with my wife. Today's my birthday. I turned the big five. Oh, today and much, much, much blessings to everyone who's listening. I get to serve you on my birthday because that's what it's about. Jesus didn't come that he might be served, but he came to serve. What's up, Rolando? the three dogs crew on here so we're gonna have at it so here we go okay here we go oh thank you jesus okay so let's confirm okay let's confirm this is the master class number two okay this is right off number one okay i'm laying these out in a way that when you listen to them back to back it's a steady flow which means it's going to help you and go to it anytime you want so this is number two and here we go okay so let's confirm something okay let's let's confirm some things okay let's confirm this God knows what sickness attacks. So wouldn't it make sense to us that our father would show us how to stay free from sickness and disease and demonic influences regarding the manifestations of any type of sickness, disease, or whatever, whatever that sickness and disease or manifestation may look like, he wants to protect us from those things. Is this the enemy's attack or is it consequences of the fall? This is something we need to think about. Are you being attacked by the enemy? Are you being attacked by demonic forces? Or is this a consequence of the fall? And if it is an attack, how does one defend against it? That's the key, right? Because a lot of us say, hey, the enemy's on me. I'm being attacked. You know, these things are happening. So how does one defend? How does one defend? And, and does God even see it from that perspective? Does he see that we're being attacked? Does he see that things are on us? 
what's the lens in which God sees us, right? Second Corinthians chapter 10, four through six, it confirms for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know how many Christians I hear say this, hey, it's not a carnal thing because if we were fighting carnal things, it wouldn't say that our weapons are not carnal. So obviously it's a spiritual battle. But what this is trying to confirm is that we're not fighting flesh. We're not fighting carnality. We're fighting something else, okay, when it comes to sickness and disease and everything else that the enemy has for us. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So this is about pulling a stronghold down. So this is not a physical weapon. This is something that's used that you cannot use according to the flesh, according to to physical things. It's pulling something down, right? And the next verse, right? St. Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when obedience is fulfilled, which means that you have to cast some things down, okay? So then the weapons here, according to scripture, is our mindset, correct? How we think and the beliefs we hold and the thoughts that we have, these are the things we need to cast down. So then complete obedience to Christ is key, even mentally, not just physically, not just emotionally, mentally, right? James chapter four. Now hear me out. I'm trying to show you something, right? Because a lot of us are stuck in certain things, right? We're snared. We're snared in sickness. We're snared in disease. But does God see us as snared? Does God see us as oppressed? Does God see us as as the weak vessels that are being attacked. Is that the mindset? Is that the, the, the lens that God sees us through? Because remember, a lens is something that you see through. Okay, there's some lenses that zoom in. There's some lenses that, you know, block light. There's some lenses that fade out. There's, there's all types of lenses. But what is the lens that the spirit has? And what is the lens that God has? And what is the lens that you have? And how can we line our lenses up to see according to the spirit, right? James chapter four, seven and 10. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourself. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. Wait, what? You double-minded? What? Be, aff- Be afflicted and mourn. Wait, wait, wait. Be afflicted and mourn and weep? Let your laughter be turned to mourn and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of our Lord and he shall lift you up. Humble yourselves. Hey, did you know that sometimes when we talk about humbling ourselves, it means uh, don't defend yourself. It's not about what you say. It's about what the word says. See, we think that humbling ourselves is submitting and having this like this piety that we're walking around like we're super humble. If you're defending yourself and not allowing the word of God to speak, you are in pride. I tell people, let the word speak. Let it speak for itself. Now, here's to submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and we're free. And everybody gets the resisting part down. Everybody gets that part down. Oh, you know, I know how to resist. But here's the thing. If you're not submitting to something, if you're not submitting to God, you're just resisting. But you have to submit to God to what he says, right? And to what the word says and who you are in him. Submit to that and then you resist, right? And then he'll flee. And here's what's crazy. If you don't resist the enemy and you don't submit yourself to God, you're going to be double-minded. You're going to have issues, right? So we know that sickness and disease only attacks flesh according to scripture. Jesus went around destroying the works of the devil. The key word here is works. 
Works means the results of what sickness is doing in our lives, in most cases in our bodies. Now, you're going to have people say this, well, what about the soul? Like, is the soul corrupt? Is the soul hurt? Like, you know, that's where, that's where the enemy attacks the soul. But if you read the scriptures, it tells us in Isaiah, 50, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 10, it says that, that Jesus offered up his soul, his soul as an offering. Yes, guys, if you guys wouldn't mind hitting the like button and the share button, we want as many people as healed as possible. Okay, sometimes we're so busy fighting the enemy that we forget that there's people behind the lines that are already being attacked by the enemy. People that are already been struck by the enemy. People in wheelchairs, people in sickness, people in disease. So it's not just about going out into the front line, but it's also about taking care of our own. Guys, the greatest sickness, my God, the greatest sickness that needs to be addressed in the body of Christ, the greatest sickness, the greatest sickness, oh my gosh, here it goes, is how we treat each other. In the body of Christ. That's the healing that needs to be addressed. We need to be healed in the way that we treat each other. That is a sickness within itself that spreads like leaven throughout the sheep. I'm telling you, the way we treat each other is not good. The way we complain and attack each other because of doctrine, that within itself is sickness and disease to your bones, right? We need to be, we need to be joyous, right? So here it is. First John 3.8. He has committed sin. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hear me out. This is an amazing reality when you understand what 1 John 3, 8 is saying. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. We're going to address what the devil is later on. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what does this tell us? So then this tells me, when Jesus is manifest, he destroys the works of the devil, according to that verse. So then for this purpose, the son of God was manifest. So the key here is to manifest a son of God. Don't focus on manifesting a miracle. Focus on manifesting a son or a daughter of God in Christ. He destroys the works of the devil. So by default, if you manifest, if you manifest the Christ, sickness and disease, and all the works of the devil, will be destroyed that is the key to everything manifesting the right spirit right the right spirit not the spirit of error not the antichrist spirit not the way you used to talk the way you used to walk and how you used to interact with the things of god we're totally different creations now the scriptures tell us in romans chapter 8 now hear me out I want you to be healed. I would love for you to receive a healing through this message but before we can receive it fully I'm here, I'm, I'm, when I say totally receive it fully, what I mean by fully is not just receiving it for oneself. I want you to be able to hold on to this thing, which means that you have to understand some things. You have to battle some things. You don't want to be robbed of the things of God. You don't want to be robbed from, so you have to confirm some things. You got to get stubborn about some stuff. Roman, Romans chapter eight, six through nine. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is an enmity against God for it's not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit of so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So hear me out. There is a mind that needs to be renewed. We don't ever talk about that stuff. And, you know, Scripture also said that he'll give you over to a reprobate mind. He says that people were given over to certain things, right? Why is that? Because it's your mindset, the way you're thinking, right? The way you believe. So then this tells it that the Spirit of Christ is not 
in that in them that are not that are not in the spirit of Christ. So then this tells us if the spirit of Christ is not in them, they're not his, according to this. So then this addresses that if the spirit of God is in you, you are his. And if the spirit of Christ is not in you, you are not his, correct? According to Romans chapter 8, 6 through 9, the confirmation is this. If the spirit of Christ is in you, you're his. If the spirit of Christ is not in you, you're not his, according to that verse. Can we all agree? Can we all agree? We are all his if you're born again. Can we all agree? You're going to say, well, not everybody has the Holy Spirit. So this could be talking about, you know, spirit-filled believers, but this is not the context. This is talking about born again experience in the newness of life, making you one with him according to the spirit. That's the context, okay? Because you're going to have people that are going to try to split hairs on this. Well, he's born again of the spirit, but is he filled with the Holy Spirit? And he, you're going to get into that. But I'm more concerned about where you're at, not where everybody else is at. Their arguments are between them. You need to be settled in the truth for yourself. Don't get into arguments with people. It's about where are you at? What do you say? Because do you remember Jesus asked Peter, you know, what do they say? What do they say? What do they say about me? Peter said, well, them, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're this. But what do you say? And he says, you're, you're the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Did you know that flesh and blood will never reveal to you the things of God? Because it's called carnality. This is why scripture says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So if it can't inherit it, you think it's going to confirm some things to you in the spirit? You got to renew that thing, right? First Corinthians 6, 17 says, those who are joined to the Lord become one spirit. Also, 6, Romans 6, 3 through 11. Know you not that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness, of life for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death and this is very very vital we should also we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection and that's why i always tell people are you waiting on the resurrection are you in the resurrection where's your mind at where are you at right now you can get into doctrinal debates about this but the reality is if you're in the resurrection that means you're in the christ because jesus confirmed I am the resurrection. So are you in the resurrection? Are you waiting on the resurrection? Big difference. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. And I, and, and I have to say this, that the body of sin, what lived in the body, guys? Sin. The body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. The body of sin. The body of sin. I have to say that because we always say, well, this body houses this and this body houses that and this body can have this and this and this and this. No, it's the body of sin. Let's address it for what it is. Let's not make light of sin. We know what it is. It's an identity. It's who we used to be. We were once one with sin. We were sold under sin. We were children of the devil. We were sin. We were the nature of the children. We were the children by nature, the children of wrath, according to scripture right? So we don't serve sin. We don't serve. And I tell people, it's like saying we don't serve carnality. We don't serve the old man. We don't serve the world. Like all of that is all in all, right? For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, remember you are dead. You are dead to sin. That means you're dead to sickness. You're dead to disease. You're dead to these things. The question is, if you're to consider yourself dead to these things, how does God consider you? How does God consider you to those things? That's the question, right?
For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that the Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Over him. That's why I tell people, get in him. Battle in him. Speak in him. Believe in him. Steadfast in him. It's all about him, right? For if that he died, he died into sin once. But that he lived, he lived unto God. Likewise, reckon yourselves also dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So let's be clear. For if the spirit is in you, you're his. Okay? You're his. If the spirit is in you. Now let's address Romans chapter 8, 6 through 9. Okay, watch this. Now this is about you receiving something that's already on the inside of you. It's about manifesting who he is. And that's where I want to take you. Romans 8. Six through nine. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind's an enmity against God, for is not subject to the laws of God, neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Once again, if the spirit is not in you, you are not his. If the spirit is in you, you are his, which means that God is your healer because you are his, right? If he created you with a purpose and he moved in, then it's his responsibility to make sure you have everything you need in the spirit and healing is one of them. We must address the right mindset here. We must. We must think in lines with the spirit, not in lines with the flesh or carnality or illness or sickness and disease. Look, 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 look. The flesh is going to kick against this if it's not renewed or brought subject to Christ. I'm telling you. Look, are we battling illness and disease? Are we battling sickness? Like, what are we battling? What are we battling? Old man thinking will never agree with what's been accomplished in Christ and never will. This verse proves that if you think in lines with the old man or carnality, you will be trying to handle these issues in the flesh. And the scriptures tells us over and over, that's a big no-no. And you can't please God if you're in the flesh. Romans chapter 8, 3 through 4. For what the law could not do. Here, watch this. For what the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. The law was weak because of the flesh. Look, everything is weak. When you're in the flesh, that's the point. The Bible says that when you're weak, he is strong because you're in the flesh. Therefore, that's why you feel weak. When you were weak, he is strong. Look, for we, for, excuse me, for what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. It was weak. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemning sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the fulfillment was made righteous to us, in us, right? Does it say to? No, in us. This proves that the flesh will weaken what God is trying to do in your life if you live in it. Unrenewed mind, incarnality. It'll weaken. Look, if you get in the flesh, it'll weaken everything that God is sending your way. You must be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man. A lot of us like to draw strength from carnality in the flesh and what we see and what we think and that that causes issue. This proves that the flesh will oh, the, the flesh will be weakened and cause weakness. I'm I'm telling you, 
that's what happens. This is why the scriptures tells us over and over that if you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. This proves that the flesh will weaken what God is trying to do in your life. If we listen to the flesh and if we think according to the flesh is what it says. Jesus came to conquer the flesh by nailing it to the tree, showing us by example that he had power over it. He didn't listen to it. He didn't live in it. He used it. He came to serve with it. He came to heal with it. He came to destroy the works of the devil with it. Hebrews 2.14. For so much then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. You know, every time I talk about this verse, people say, what are you saying, Pete? Well, Jesus destroyed the devil in this verse. Who is the devil in this verse? So are you saying he destroyed Satan? He destroyed Lucifer? He did No, no, no. He destroyed the devil in his life right here, which was the flesh that was causing issues. Because remember, he was tempted at all points. The Bible tells us that God cannot be tempted. But Jesus came fully God and fully man. So what part was being tempted? The man part of him was being tempted. And the Bible confirms that every man's a liar. Let God be true. There's a part of every man. I remember God, when God, when God came to this earth, fully man in Christ, that fully part of man, that's a liar. Cause Jesus said, why do you call me good? Not there's no one good except God. As a man, he was saying, look, every man's a liar. I'm not saying Jesus was a liar. What I'm saying was that flesh was tempting him to lie, but he wouldn't subject himself or even fall victim to that because he like, like in Matthew chapter four, you know, the, the devil said, Hey, you know, if you are the son of God and, and Jesus said, Hey man, um, man shall not live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, which means I'm only going to say what God says here, because if I start talking as a man, we're going to have some issues. We're going to have some issues. Who's the devil in that verse? Who's the devil in that verse? Remember flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Guys, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. The Bible tells us that we're not to live in the flesh. Right now, remember, Jesus shed his blood. We're going to talk about that. And the blood represents the life of the flesh. Leviticus 17, 11 confirms that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The law was wanting blood, the life of the flesh. See, sometimes we get into just battling things that we don't even address why the blood was shed, why the lamb had to die. It was so you could go free. Free from what? Well, the very thing that was nailed to the tree is what you get to go free from. You were carnal. You were living in the flesh. You were a beast according to scripture. This is why the law is called a yoke. You were yoked. You were carnal. You had the nature of your daddy, the devil, the yetzer, the, the, the evil inclination. You're not fighting. You're not fighting. Hear me out when I say this. When you're in Christ, when I say you're not fighting, Things you can't see, what you're fighting are things that already died that are coming against you because it's all dead to you, which means that the evil inclination, the nature, the old man, carnality, the devils, the demons, and all that that's coming against you is dead in the kingdom of light. It has no power. It's subject to you. It, it can do nothing to you if you understand who you are in the Christ. And it only attacks carnality. And it only attacks those that are not filled with the spirit. And, and here's what's crazy. This is why deception comes. Deception is the enemy, carnality, or the, the devil, or the evil spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same. 
All of it is the same. It's come to deceive you. It's come to destroy you. It's come to take your life. It's come to rob you. It's come to crush you. It, it comes in every form, every shape, every size, whatever you want. to. It'll come in any way that it needs to, to deceive you, to deceive you. And that's what it's all about. Christians are fighting deception because it's the truth that makes you free. So wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be, or wouldn't it make sense that the enemy would want to take the very thing from you that would deliver you, that would keep you free, which is the truth? If it's the truth that makes you free, what do you think the enemy is attacking? The truth. And what is the truth in your life? Everything that Christ is for you, because truth is a person and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, right? Hear me out. Watch this. First Corinthians fifteen fifty. Look, I want you well. I want you healed. I want you free from everything that's coming against you because with the eyes and the lenses of the spirit, that's where you're at. You're free. Now the flesh and your body is not crying that out. It's not saying it's free. It's limping around. It's hurting all oh, my shoulder, my back. It doesn't feel free. You don't feel free. You feel like you got changed. You feel like you in bondage. But remember, you are a soul that's one with the spirit that's free from those things. And what wants to manifest is the reality of who the Christ is for you in those situations. And that happens through praise and worshiping and, and being grateful and thanksgiving and understanding who God is for you. And the chains of all these things begin to fall off you. But what if they were never on you to begin with when you gave your life to Jesus? What if that's the lie? That's just a thought, right? Here we go. First Corinthians 15, 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Where's healing then? It's in the kingdom of God, right? But wait, isn't the kingdom of God within you? Wait a minute. This is kind of confusing. People tell me, Pete, you're confusing me. You're not confused. You just, you're not reading your word. You're not reading your scriptures. You're not bringing it into context. You get confused because I say things to you and you're like I, I, i'm trying to and it says right here look uh, let me read it to you luke 17 21 neither shall they say low here or low there for the kingdom of god is within you and here's where they get confused well if the kingdom of god is within me and i'm flesh and blood and the bible says that flesh and blood cannot inherit it how do i inherit the kingdom of god if i have flesh and blood <laughs> uh because you don't see yourself according to flesh and blood anymore you see yourself according to to the new man reality that's in Christ. And it's his flesh that we walk out. It's his body that we walk out. It's through him that we live and move and have our being. The source of healing comes from the Christ in us, not the flesh. It's in the spirit. And we manifest who Christ is in us, in our limbs and vessels by allowing him to manifest in us and through us. The word becomes flesh. This is what scripture is all about. The word became flesh. Uh, okay, so how does the word become flesh for me? I'm about to show you. John 1.14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The key is to allow the word who is the Christ to manifest and allow him to become flesh for us in our bodies that were created to house him. Oh, you were created to house him. My God, you were created to house the spirit of the living God. You were created to be anointed. You were created to house the spirit of the Christ. You were created for that purpose. How much more to manifest that purpose if you were created to carry that purpose? My God. Sometimes we can get so caught fighting things and fighting the wrong battles that it ain't even the fight of faith anymore. It ain't even the good fight anymore. It's something else, right? And we should be wrestling with this stuff. 
We should be getting in our word, right? First Corinthians 6.20, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How do you glorify God in your body? How do you glorify God in your body? By allowing him to manifest through it. That's how he gets the glory when you allow him to manifest in your members, right? We glorify God in our bodies when we allow him to be glorified. Now, remember, Jesus the Christ is healer. The glory means his goodness and his presence in our lives. How much more in our bodies? How much more? We're going to talk about what scripture says about that. John 17, 22. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them, and they may be one even as we are one. My God. He died to make you one with them. He died so you could be one with them. He died because he couldn't live without you. He needed you to have him because you were created with a purpose. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, when it says knowing this, that means you got to know it, right? Knowing this, that our old man, that our old man is crucified with him. Well, if it's our old man, what was our old man about? <laughs> that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Once again, 2.14, Hebrews 2.14. For so much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. When you read Romans 6.6 6 and Hebrews 2.14, it's self-explanatory. Could we say that Jesus, the man, had to die by becoming sin for us. He became the man of sin that we were as children of the fall. He became what we were so we could become what he is in glory. Could we say that? That he become fully what we were so we could become fully what he is? The old man must die in order to be born again. He has to. This is what sickness and disease attacks. It attacks everything that you were. It can't attack everything that you are. That's the lie. And the lie manifests. We're going to talk about how it conceives, how it births the lie when we agree with it. I'm going to tell you, like, it has no say. We give it say. It's very crazy. It's very interesting. The old man must die in order to be born again. This is what sickness and disease attacks. Sometimes we get caught up fighting battles that have no success. How do we defeat the defeated foe? How do we defeat the defeated foe? That's a crazy thought. We as Christians fight the wrong fight. We fight everything we should be casting down. <laughs> we fight everything we should be casting down. St. Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought captive into the obedience of God, into the obedience of Christ. Look, the Holy Spirit's not going to tell you what to take captive. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell you what thoughts to have. This is why you need to know your word. You need to know what you're talking about. You need to know your word. When the enemy comes, you got to have a scripture ready. Hey, 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 like homeboy wrote right here. Colossians 3, 3, 4, we're dead. And our life is hid with Christ in God. Like that's the scripture. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to sickness. I'm dead to disease. Hey, consider yourself dead to sin. It has no power over you. Sin shall not have power over you. It shall not have power over you. And sickness and disease is an attack on the things of God. You've been forgiven for all that. The debt has been paid. We're supposed to fight the good fight of faith, not the bad one. You got to know your word, man. You got to know your word. First Timothy 6, 12. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called. And has uh, professed a good profession before many witnesses. We put our faith in the wrong things. We believe. We always do that. We put our faith in the wrong things. We believe if we do certain things. Or if we battle forces and show everyone how spiritual we are. That this helps heal our bodies. <laughs> or it helps convince the enemy that our words have power. When the entire time we reject what God has said about it. And who we are in him. We try to convince sickness and pain of who we are in Christ. Instead of confirming who he is in us. And who he is. It's very interesting. We never confirm. It seems like we don't ever confirm who Jesus is in the midst of our sickness. In the midst of the disease. In the midst of the pain. In the midst of the struggle. We always talk about who devils and demons are. But we don't ever talk about who Jesus is in the midst of all that. The old man versus the new man mindset. Sickness is the, sickness is the, the, the nature of the fall. And it lives in fallen man who lives according to the flesh. Sickness and disease eats flesh, guys. It's scripture. You can read it all over the place. Sickness and disease always eats flesh. Always. Yet we are no longer seen as fallen through the eyes of the spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't see us as fallen. The Holy Spirit doesn't see us as, as sinners. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Because it doesn't train sinners. It trains saints. You know, people say, I was once a sinner. And now I'm, I'm saved, which is true. You were once. People sometimes say, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's like saying I was a girl, but now I'm a guy. I was a chicken, but now I'm a horse. I was a, an elevator, and now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a bucket. Like, no, like, you're, you can't be two things. Pick a side. I'm a saint. I get trained like a saint. Holy Spirit talks to me like I'm righteous. Holy Spirit talks to me like I'm healed. Holy Spirit talks to me like I'm already in victory. Holy Spirit speaks to me from the winner's circle, so how am I going to speak to you? Right. Colossians 1.13 Who has delivered us From the power of darkness And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son You can experience kingdom now The mind must be renewed To the fact that you are no longer The man of sin You are now the new man in Christ You live in healing And his name Is Jesus His name is Jesus Now remember you were delivered from the power of darkness you weren't just delivered from darkness you got delivered from its power which means the power has it has no power over you you can experience kingdom now the curse must be addressed guys come on man the curse must be addressed so the lord god said to the serpent watch this because we're going to talk about dirt right here we go so the lord god said to the serpent because you did this you were cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. The serpent represents the adversary, the enemy, who eats flesh. Come on, man. We're going to talk about this. He eats flesh. Remember, we are made of the dirt, and the serpent is cursed to eat it. Therefore, we are commanded not to live in flesh, the dirt. For the dirt we came from, the dirt will return. We cannot live as carnal creatures. Now remember, when Adam fell, he said he was a room, the Hebrew word for naked, which also means subtle, which also means the nature of the serpent. Adam became like the nature of the serpent, naked, a room. He took on the nature at the fall, and Jesus on the cross took on the nature of fallen man, took on the room. His nakedness was on the tree. He went to the tree naked, a room, the nature of fallen man. He took on man, 
so he can redeem man. This is what all this is about. He took on the nature of fallen man. Because remember, fallen man is the issue from the beginning of creation. The serpent created a nature. The nature, and the Bible confirms that you were by nature the children of wrath. So what nature do you have now? That you have his divine nature. Okay? Now remember, remember you can't, you cannot argue the fact that there was a curse. Now, this curse hit Cain. Now, people will tell you, well, what happened when, when Noah's flood? The, 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 you know, Cain's lineage was destroyed. But the curse continued through the children of Ham and through the land of Canaan. So the curse continued. The curse continued. Remember, that's why Jesus came to become a curse for us because the curse is still there. And you got to allow Jesus to be that curse for you. The fallen man takes on that curse of sickness and disease and all the things that are coming your way. Okay? Hear me out. The serpent represents the adversary, the enemy who eats flesh. You got to remember that. Galatians 3.19. Uh, Genesis 3.19. I'm sorry. Genesis 3.19. In the sweat of your face shall thou eat bread till you return into the ground. For out of it you were taken. From dust you are and from dust you'll return. How can we renew our minds thinking in this way? How can we get it to think this way? Scripture confirms that your natural mind would normally kick this way of thinking out of your mind. It'll tell you that you're not spirit, that you're carnal, that you belong in the dirt, that you're a child of wrath, that you're worthless, that you're like, that's what the mind will do if it's not renewed. The natural mind Calls it foolishness when you try to address it in the Christ. It'll do it over and over and over. James 3.15 will confirm it. The wisdom discerns not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. We as Christians can think naturally by default. The scriptures call this earthly thinking. Okay? Romans 8.5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. So in the spirit, are you healthy? In the spirit, are you healed? In the spirit, are you in victory? In spirit, are you free? In the spirit, are you protected? In the spirit, are you his? In the spirit, are you in Christ? In the spirit, you're all these things. Now watch this. Think according to the flesh. In the flesh, you're sick. In the flesh, you're being attacked. In the flesh, you're dying. In the flesh, you're corrupt. In the flesh, you need a savior in the flesh. You go in circles. And do you see this way of thinking? Do you see that? Do you see what happens? And you get a lot of people who will minister to you in the flesh. And then you wonder why we go in circles because they're trying to pastor you in the old man in carnality and it can't be done. It can't be done. Flesh and blood will not reveal those things to you. Only the spirit of God when you have to be. You have to be one with him. You can't be a double-minded man. You have to agree with what God says. How can I minister to you if I'm not agreeing with what he says? If I can't agree for it for myself, how am I going to stand in agreement for you? Make up, make up your mind. I tell people, pick a side already. Either you're, either you're in Christ or you're not. Either you're free or you're not. Like, there is no if, ands, or buts. Let your yeses be yeses and your noes be no. Yes and noes. That's what it's about. A double-minded man won't receive anything you ask for. Make up your mind already, right? Tell people that all the time. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. 
for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Oh, my God, I could talk about this. We have a lot of people who are spirit filled, but for some reason they have no discernment when it comes to the spirit. They have no discernment on what's of the spirit and what's of the flesh. What's of carnality and what's not. What's sickness and disease and what's a devil. And what's a demon and what's an attack and what is not. And what is training and what it like, come on, man, we got to discern. Are we being trained or are we being attacked? Are we in victory or are we heading to victory? Are we in Christ or are we not in Christ? Are we in the flesh or are we in the spirit? Where are we at? Let's have some discernment here, right? Strong meter for those through, through exercising of use. Through exercising of use can discern good and evil. Is that good? Is that evil? Is that right? Is that wrong? Like it's through discernment, right? Sweet Jesus. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our own man is crucified with him, the body of sin might be, might be destroyed. Henceforth, we should not serve sin. Man of sin, man of sickness, man of hate, man of lies, man of devils, man of demons, man of sickness, man of all these things. Oh, we can go on and 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 on. John 6, 70, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil? This is an important verse because Judas was a devil. He didn't have one. It's what he was. Why is this important, Pete? Because the other 11, the other 11 followed Jesus. The other 11 submitted to the call of Christ. The other 11 were being trained to walk out sonship. Judas was not. Judas betrayed him. Therefore, he betrayed him, did not do anything that Jesus had said. This is how you know the difference between a son and a servant. A son, we'll call him Lord, 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 and do what he says. And Judas was calling him Lord, 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 and then knew what he said and went and betrayed him and turned him in and tried to have him killed, tried to have him arrested. Come on, man. Sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Manifesting the devil versus being one. I tell people this all the time. You are not a devil if you're born again, but you can manifest one by the way you act. All day long. And this is the issue that we have in the body. Okay? You are no longer a devil. You're a child of God. But you can act like one. And if you start acting like one, and, and we call that carnality in the body of Christ, First Corinthians, uh, the First Corinthians letter confirms that it's people walking out carnality. There are people in the flesh. I tell people there's not a spirit in that church. It's carnal Christians in that church. It's Christians in the flesh in that church. And that's what they're battling. And so how much more sickness and disease? If we're in the flesh... If we're living in the flesh, we're thinking in the flesh. How do we battle what's trying to attack us in the flesh, sickness, and disease if we're the ones in it as well? You got to separate yourself mentally, physically, emotionally from the things that is wrong, from what's coming at you by getting in the Christ, right? Devils, look, devils in scripture. Devil means tempter in the Greek. Adversary, Satan, evil, etc., I want you to train your body to submit to what you carry. Your body has desires and it has less. You know, I was talking to my wife about this. This scripture right here, we always forget this scripture, this verse right here. This is why the Bible is so important. See, people want you not to read your Bible. People don't want you to know your word for yourself. They want to be the voice of God for you. You can't. You got to allow God speak. Let God speak for you. Not what people say, not YouTube, not this minister. Let the word speak for you. James 1, 14 through 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Let me read that to you again. 
When Christians tell me, I'm in sickness, I'm in disease, I'm in sin, I'm in certain things, I can't help it. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts. They come from you, from the body, from the flesh, from desires that you have. Look, hear me out. Look, hear me out. Watch this. As a man, I have desires. As a woman, a woman has desires. Now watch this. Now, I'm married. And my desire that God put inside of me is that I want a woman. So my flesh wants every woman. It doesn't care. It has lust. It had desires. Like It wants to indulge. And if I didn't have any common sense and I have the Holy Ghost, I would... I wouldn't listen to it and I would indulge. I would indulge in women. I would indulge in food. I would indulge in drugs. I would indulge because those are called lusts, right? And that's why it's called a yoke. So it's not that a devil or demon is making me lust for these things. They're already in me. It's called the desires of the flesh. So the discernment is to know, hey, is that a good desire or a bad desire? And that's called self-control, right? So, when you have self-control, you can control those desires. You control the desires of saying, oh, I'll never be healed. The desires of thinking, oh, God is not who he says. These, those are, the flesh wants desires for you to call God a liar. Carnality wants desires for you to turn your back on God. The, the flesh says, I am God. I tell you what to do. I tell you how to do. I, and you know, those are, desi- those are the desires that are not of God. And you have to learn to reject them, casting down every imagination, every high thing. So you could reject those things. Now, remember, the desire of a man is that he wants to sleep around with women. But because we know better, we don't give in to our desires, so we stay faithful to one woman. But the flesh still wants to do those things. That's not a devil or a demon enticing me or, or making me do That's what's already there. The vessel, yes, First Thessalonians 4, for you're to possess your vessel with honor, which means honor how you carry that thing. And in the past, I didn't know how to honor it. I dishonored my family. I dishonored my wife. I dishonored this temple. I ate crazy and did drugs and smoked and, and, and did so many heresies against the Holy Ghost as a believer because I was having these desires. And people would tell you, hey, you know, you can't help it. Yes, you can. This is why the word is so vital. But every man is tempted. And when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed, what entices you? Everything. YouTube, the radio, the way women dress, the way men dress, all that entices you. And when the lust has conceived, when you start thinking about those things, this is why you got to bring them captive. You start thinking that way. You start thinking I'm going to die. You start thinking I'm not going to be healed. You start thinking, oh, everybody's prayed for me. Oh, I've tried that before. Oh, oh and it starts conceiving. You start conceiving I'll never get out of this wheelchair. You start conceiving I'll never be healed. I, I, I can never. You start conceiving and it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. It brings forth death. The body lust, the key is not. Not to allow the lust to conceive. How could you conceive that? How could you think about that? Don't think that you're going to die. Don't think that you can't be healed. Don't think that this is the way it's going to be. Don't think, oh my gosh, when God, don't think that way. Don't think that way. 
Look, guys, renewing the mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed. What is that that's being transformed? The way you're thinking. Because your mind is the platform on which you run the race. You got out spiritually, but mentally you didn't. But you have to train your body to submit to the realities in which you're trying to walk in. We don't teach that. It's a finished work, but yet you're given the Holy Spirit to teach you. Teach you what? What's it teaching you? What's it teaching you? If you've already arrived. It's teaching you to walk out to Christ. That's the key to everything. You don't walk out sickness. You don't walk out disease. You walk out who the Christ is in every circumstance. The body has lust. The key is not to allow this lust to conceive, meaning allowing is to give birth to it. You will be tempted and enticed by flesh. You will be enticed at all points. Jesus was tempted at all points, yet without sin. The tempter. Did you know that carnality will tempt you? Did you know that flesh will tempt you? Did you know that, that the lust that you have inside you will tempt you? That's why Jesus put it on a tree. That's why it has no power over you. You are to speak to your body. You're to speak to it. It now serves you. See, we don't teach this in the body of Christ. We're just woe is me. No, no, it's not woe is me. As I'm empowered. I'm empowered. There's no woe is me. No. Galatians 5.16. Then I say then. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You don't know how much this strikes. This tells you that the flesh has lusts. You don't know how many times people tell me that's a spirit. It says right here, your flesh already has it. You need to subdue that thing. Subdue it. Don't let it tell you you're going to die from sickness. Don't let it tell you you're going to die from disease. Don't let your flesh speak for you. Don't let that limp speak for you. Don't let that ouch speak for you. You speak on behalf of the Christ and you tell your body what it should do. Don't let it tell you. Don't let it ch change how you talk now. Don't let it change on, oh, I can't do that because my back's messed up. Oh, I can't do that because, you know, I got to take my blood pressure medicine. Oh, I, I can't eat that because, uh, don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me. You need to control yourself, but don't speak as though you can't do anything. You say, I won't do it. I choose not to. That thing didn't have power over me. That didn't have power over me. I ain't going to let it speak for me. Life and death's on the, on the tip of the tongue. You want to speak life. You want to create life create the life you want to live in by using the word the way god did in creation let there be light and let us bring forth and let us and let us and let us hey man there's a lot of lettuce right there <laughs> you're just like your father you create you create right you create with your words guard your words right it's not what goes into a man that defiles him it's what comes out we are not battling sickness we are battling how we see sickness and how we confront it in the right mindset through the spirit of Christ. Your battle is how you see yourself in Christ and who Christ is for you in that vessel, in that vessel. And that vessel will entice you. If you live in carnality through the mind that you need to renew to think like Christ, it's going to do it. Hear me out. Let's talk about why many Christians are weak and sick, right? Watch this. Check this out. Powerful right here. 1 Corinthians 11, 29 through 30. This is scripture. And if you notice, I'm using a lot of scripture because I, like I like the word to speak. Look, the word works. It gets down in there, man. 
It gets down in your bones. You may think you're dead, but remember Elisha was thrown in the ditch and just his bones were there? The word got into his bones, man. His bones was lying there. They threw a body and the body touched the bones and the guy got up and ran off. Get it in your bones, man. Get it down to the foundation of who you are. Let it get down into your bones, man. 1 Corinthians 11, 29 and 30. For he that eats and drinks unworthy, eateth and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Hey, watch this. Let me stop. Is this the Lord's body now? Or is it your body? That's a question you should think about. Are we one flesh with Jesus, the Christ, right now? Or is that just something that we say? Are we now partakers of his body? And of his divine nature, that's a question you need to think about. Well, let's read what the scriptures say. See, when scripture talks, you got to listen. Because it's as though God is speaking. Watch this. 1 Corinthians, verse 10, 15 through 17. If you are battling sickness and disease, if you're battling sickness and disease, you need to know this right here. 1 Corinthians 10, 15 through 17. I speak as to the wise men. Judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread. Which we break. Is it not communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. We are partakers of that one bread. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look, when you drink the cup of the blessing, when you eat the bread, it's because you are one. With the body of Christ, you are one with the body. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devil. You cannot be partaker of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. This is what this means. The old man versus new man, table. The devil versus the Christ, table. Flesh versus spirit, table. We cannot eat carnal things and expect to produce spiritual truths. The table of the Lord is manna only. He is the bread of life. We do not eat off both tables. We eat off the manna table. And that's what I'm serving to you today. Manna. We're eating from the Christ. Not what I think. Not what I believe. Not what people say. Not what you thought. Not No, no, no. The word, the manna is telling us what it is. We eat the manna. I ain't going to eat that slop. Look, goats goats and sheep. Goats eat anything. Sheep won't. Children of God know what to eat. They will not defile themselves. They know, but they will discern what they're eating when it comes to the word of God. Watch this. We cannot partake of the Lord's Supper as carnal Christians. We can't. We can't. We can't do it. It's called eating damnation to oneself. Man shall not live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. 
mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Man shall not live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What did God say about you being sick? What did God say about your bones? What did God say about sickness? What did God say about disease? What did God say? What did he say? Are we one with the body of Christ? Then we confirm it by taking communion, which is really the Passover lamb. You are one with the risen king. You are one with Christ. Watch this. Check this out. Let me explain why this healing manifesting. Let me explain to you why this healing manifestation, excuse me, is possible now that we are one with Christ. And now under the law of the spirit, legally, legally healing must manifest under universal law paid for by the blood of Christ. Let scripture prove to you it's possible right now with the understanding in Christ, in the Jesus of the Christ, in Jesus Christ, it is possible. It's possible. This is universal law. This is universal law. The blood speaks. The blood speaks. The lamb was slain. It's written down. It's written down. Sickness and disease and all that comes against you understands this truth. The question is, do you? Here we go. You ready? The old man is sin. The firstborn, he's called the Bahor. The Bahor, according to scripture, is the old man that inherited sin. Because of the fall. That was you. That was the old man. You were born in sin. Because of the fall, we were made sinners. Made sinners. Romans 5.19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be righteous. By the decision of one. By the decision of one. Which means by Adam falling, you became sickness. You became disease. You became corrupt. You became fallen. You became death. You became by nature the child of wrath. You became that. But because Jesus died, you became healed. You became delivered. You became set free. You be- Because of his obedience, you became that. Not because of what you've done. Not because of what you think. Not because of, of, of how much you pray and fast and believe. That confirms what he's done. It's what he's done. He set you free. He delivered you. He healed you by one act, by one act, by one act of mere obedience, by going to the cross and putting that body in a hole, by nailing sickness and disease and all that you were and killing it. Look, he didn't didn't cast sickness off of himself. He didn't cast a demon out of himself, okay? He became what you were. He became what you were, and you were fallen. You were owned by carnality. You were owned by the God of this world. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but he came to destroy what you were. So if he destroyed all that you were by him destroying all that he was, what makes you think anything has legal right over you if he put it in the ground? Jesus put you in the ground. According to scripture, when you're baptized into his death, you're baptized into Christ, which means that everything that died on that cross, 
It could hold sickness. It could hold disease. It could hold all these things that we say could be hell. It was all on him. Everything was on him. Death was on him. Sickness. Everything in the world. The whole world was sick. My God. The whole world was sick. We know this because he was planted into the heart of the earth, which means he even cured the earth. And if he could cure the earth, you think he can't cure you? He cured the earth of the curse. And he went to the core of who we were. We were dirt. We were flesh. We were carnality. We were carnal Christians. He couldn't redeem us until he went to the source of what was cursed, to the source of the dirt, to the source of what the serpent eats, to the source of death, to the source. And you went there. You walked in like, <laughs> okay, you can't hold me. You can't, death can't hold me. Hell, uh, did he go to the pits of hell? Did he go into the fire? Did he? Okay, so he went into the fire. What was consumed in that fire? What was consumed in that fire? Because he went there. He went to Hades. He went and took the keys of life and death. He took the keys, which means he went into the fire and something was consumed in that fire. What was consumed in that fire? You were consumed in that fire. Sickness was consumed in that fire. Disease was consumed in that fire. Everything that had legal right over you has to go to the fire to get it because it's not in you anymore. It's in the fire. And guess what? We live in the fire and it's called the Holy Spirit. You will be consumed by God. He is an all-consuming fire. There is fire on the inside of you. Sickness is lying to you. Disease is lying to you. The enemy's lying to you. The world is lying to you. Christians are lying to you. Everybody's lying to you. You know who's not lying to you? Christ ain't lying to you. He's telling you, you've been delivered. You've been set free. By his stripes, you are healed. You are healed. You are healed. He'll say it over. You will not get tired. He, he bathes you with his word day and night. He bathes you with it. He speaks, so, speaks it over you. You're healed. You're delivered. You're confirmed. You're strong. You're victorious. He says it all day long. And then you got carnal Christians over here talking out the flesh, talking about, no, you ain't. No, you got this, and you got that, and you, and it's like, come on, man, pick a side already. Come on. Because of the fall, you were made a sinner. Made, that's what you were. Sickness and disease had full claim to you. You were a slave to sin and dead in your trespasses. Remember, Jesus came fully man to kill off everything you were as an earthly fallen man. He died as a man. So you died as a man in Christ Jesus. At the born again experience, what happened? What happened to you at the born again experience? So when he rose as a child of God in power, you rose as a child of God, risen in power. Through Christ, something died. Something was left in a hole. Something couldn't get up. Something was crippled. Something was defeated. Something couldn't, couldn't raise up with you. You know what it was? Everything that was nailed to the tree. Everything that went into the hole. But you know what? This will lie to you. This will lie to you. This right here. Because the Bible says the one who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. The enemy's lying to you. The enemy's trying to rob it from you. 
He's trying to deceive you. He's trying to deceive you, but we're not going to do it. No, we're not going to do it. No, you got out spiritually, but mentally, a lot of Christians got stuck, but not today. No way. Uh Uh-uh. Thank you, Jesus. We've been praying over this one. People going free from this one. Jesus came to condemn sin in the flesh. Romans chapter eight, verse three, confirming it. He came in the flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. How did he do it? Let's not forget that the flesh had to be crucified. It had to be killed off. Romans 7, 5. For when you were in the flesh, when you were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did works in our members to bring forth fruits of death. So guess what? When you were in the flesh, it brought fruit, fruit unto death, pain, sickness, disease, cancer, all these things, man. When you were in the flesh, this stuff came out of you. It was a part of who you were. You were, part, you were partnering with death. It's what you were. It's what you were. So then as a Christian, when you live in the flesh, our members bring forth fruit unto death. Let's confirm because we are no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit, we should live in it. We should stay in Christ and not get carnal, not mentally, not physically, not emotionally, not how we treat each other. Then we are one with Jesus spiritually. And because of our partaking of communion, we confirm that we are all one with his body. That is a bread according to 1 Corinthians 10, 17. That's the bread. For we being many are one bread, one body. For we are partakers of one bread. Who's that bread? Who is he? For we being many are one bread. We're one bread. One bread. And one body. Come on, man. One bread. One body. Come on, what are you trying to say? Oh, well, let's finish that off. We are partakers of that one bread. This is why I said, Hebrews chapter 2, 4, is it 2.14? That the children were partakers of flesh and blood. That likewise, he came and partook of the same. That through death, that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil, which means that he came to partake of flesh so we could partake of bread. He became what we were so in his death and resurrection we could become what he is. That's what all that's about. That he would destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil. He came to destroy the carnality in your life, the devils in your life, the demons in your life. Everything that the devils and the demons had legal right to was put in a hole and put on Jesus. My God. Come on, man. Shake that stuff off. Come on, shake it off. The body that is free from sin and dead. Come on. The body that is free from sin and death. The body that conquers sin and death through the spirit. So then our training is to do the same, correct? Our training is to be exactly the way Christ is and the way he taught. To walk out the one who conquered hell, death, and the grave then. So we're to walk out the one who conquered it through this body. Look, remember, Jesus was walking around fully man. So there was, a, there was a part of him that he had to wrap his mind around. The part of him that was going to raise him up out of the grave. So as fully man, he had to subdue some thoughts. He had to submit himself. Not my will be done, but your will be done. So Jesus, fully man, had to conquer all that he was. He had to conquer the man part of him to the grave. He had to conquer him to the cross. He had to conquer him and not let him speak out and not let him speak in a way that would manifest what we were. We were children of the devil, and he came to manifest the Son of God. But before he could be fully Son of God, he had to kill that part of us that was fully man. 
man, if we could just wrap our minds around this. You didn't come out to walk carnality. You came out to walk out a child of God, but there's a part of you that has to die. And that's who Jesus came as, to kill that thing. So when he looks at you, he don't got to look at that part of you. See, that's what we see in the mirror. We see that part of us when we look in the mirror. We see flesh. We see carnality. We see our shortcomings. But Jesus is like, I don't see all that. If I tell you to reckon yourself dead to it, how am I going to look at it? I can't see it. That's why I forgive you of all your sins. That's why I can say forgive them for they not know what they do because you are not flesh and we don't see others according to the flesh. So if I don't see you according to the flesh, then I can't hold you liable to what you're walking out because that's not you. Now you're training not to be that, but you're not that. So let me show you who you are in the spirit by the way I live. And then we model that out. And that's why we're being trained in the spirit. Man, that's called the grace of God. He's allowing you to get this. Long suffering is the fruit of the spirit. You think he don't have it? Self-control, you think he don't have it? He would have destroyed you a billion times over if he didn't have it. <laughs> if he has it, you have it. That means you got to have self-control and you can't devour or destroy someone. You got to walk out who he is. Man, here we go. So now if we are partakers of his body, how should we speak about his body? How should we think of our bodies when sickness and disease come to lie to us in trying to invade this body that is also his body? It is honestly his body now. First Corinthians 617. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have from God, that you are not your own? Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, let not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 1.24-29. Who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. His body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known that is the riches of the glory of the mysteries among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach Warning every man, warning every man, I'm warning you and teach every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Why do we present every man perfect? Because that's the way Christ sees us. He doesn't see us sick. He doesn't see us broken. Now we may feel that and we may have lashes and we may be caged up and we may be rolling around on the ground and we may be hurting and our bodies may be crying out. But in the spirit, he sees you perfect. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Here we go, man. The Christ in you has to be the focus at all times. 
This is the hope that Paul was addressing. It's not the hope that I get healed. It's not the hope that I, you know, hopefully this happens. That's not the hope that he's talking about. The hope is the Christ in you. The hope of glory. The hope is that you be healed. The hope is that you manifest his glory. That's the hope. Your mind is automatically going to think carnally unless trained to think spiritually about what has happened to you in the Christ. That's the hope. The hope is who he is. It's not I hope this happens. It's the hope is it will happen. It has happened. That's the hope. Romans. 8.6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The key is to allow the spirit of Christ to govern us in every area of healing and who Christ is for us in every area of our lives in the vessel, in the vessel, carrying the spirit of the living God, this vessel. Let's talk about the Passover so that we can take communion the proper way to ensure spiritual truths that are governed by spiritual law, sealed by the blood of the lamb. We will appropriate what he has done in our lives through faith, guys. The sacrifice of the Passover lamb is considered to be fulfilled by the crucifixion and death of Jesus, who was also given the title, the Lamb of God. The lamb is to be without blemish, a male, a first of the first year, signifying the Lamb of God, pure and perfect without spot or blemish. This is your lamb, the prime of his life, the prime of his life. As the Paschal Lamb would be slain for the sins of the world, for your sins, for everyone's sins, right? They were to take, they were to take of the blood of the Lamb and sprinkle it upon the the doorposts of their houses. Having this promise as a result, listen, listen, hear me out. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house. Hey, is this your house? <laughs> It's a temple now. Come on. We're going to get. Come on. Check this out. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. Do you live in here? Is this your body? Is this the temple? Is this given to Christ? And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall be upon you to destroy you. And the plague shall not be upon you. Excuse me. To destroy you. Hear me out. Signifying that the blood of Christ which should fall as drops in Gashemi, which is the flow of the stream. Check it out. This is the pierced blood of the lamb. As he hung on the cross, would cleanse and save the faithful. And that as though in Israel were saved because the blood of the sacrificial lamb was sprinkled on the doorposts of their houses. Come on, man. We're talking about Israel, but we're now talking about the children of God. Hear me out. So the faithful of all ages would wash their garments in blood of the eternal lamb and from him receive an eternal salvation. And may we say that as the angel of death passed by the, the families of Israel because of their faith, it should also uh, pass over us. Come on, man. let's not forget why we take communion. Communion is the Passover lamb, the blood. Of the lamb. Come on, man. Sweet Jesus. We get lost in the sauce. This is the blood of the lamb that was to be shed on your house, to shed on your household, on your doorposts, on your sanctuary, on your realities, on your mind, on everything. The blood of the lamb does that to you. It was shed for you, my friend. It was shed for you. You're a temple cleansed. Come on, man. Remind your house. If you think you're still living in it, 
You look, it's win-win. If you're living in this and you're in the flesh, you can still call it a house. If you're in Christ, you call it a temple. So it's win-win. If you're in it and you're in sickness and you're in disease, you're like, oh, my house, oh, sprinkle the blood of the lamb on that thing. As Paul said of Moses, through faith, check this out. Through faith, this is the most powerful verse right here. Watch this. Paul said of Moses, through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Remember, the old man is the firstborn, is the behor, is the man of sin. He did die. He died when you gave your life to Jesus. The blood of the lamb was shed so he could die, but the real you could go free. Hebrews eleven twenty eight. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Hey, guess what? Through faith. Through faith, he took on the Passover, which means when he took the Passover, when he took this and he took this, it was through faith that he said, because I'm drinking the blood and I'm one with the Christ, the one that touched the firstborn, the one that killed the Bahor, the man of sin, the one that died on the cross, the old man, the man of sin, the man who houses sickness, disease, when he comes. He won't touch me. Why? Because he'll see the lamb that was slain on my behalf. So I eat the bread and I drink the wine so I could become one with this reality through faith. Sheesh. As to the sacrifice of the lamb, the decree was, neither shall you break a bone. Therefore signifies that when the lamb of God was sacrificed on the cross, on the cross, through, they broke the legs of the two thieves. They broke the legs of the two, th through two thieves, excuse me. Yet they broke not the bones of the crucified one, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall they not break. You know why they didn't break his bones? That's why your bones can be healed, because his bones were not broken. And if he's walking around with no bones broken, why are you walking around with bones broken? Come on. John 19.33, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they broke not his legs. As to the eating of the flesh of the sacrificial lamb, the divine word was, no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof, signifying that the blessing of the gospels are reserved for those who come into the fold of Israel, who join the church, who carry their part of the burden and bearing of the kingdom, signifying also that those who eat his flesh and drink his blood, as he said, shall have eternal life, and he shall raise them up in the last day, and also heal their bodies, also heal their wounds, also cure all their diseases. John 6.50 Whereso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last days. Hey, I need to be raised up right now, Jesus, out of this sickness. I need to be raised up right now out of this disease. I need to be raised up now. The old man has to die. The old man has to die so he can be raised up right now. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to eat communion right now to become one with the risen lamb. But we're not just going to partake of his life. We're going to partake of his death too. Because you have to partake of his death 
if you're going to walk in newness of life. There is no newness of life without a death. And everything that's eating away at you has to die. Sickness has to die. Disease has to die. Pain has to die. It all dies and it dies in the man. The fallen man. The old man. The man of sin. So we're going to take communion right now. And we're going to partake of the Lamb of God. And later on when you partake of this, you can watch this video again. And it says and often, as often as you do this. Now remember when you eat a meal. You're signifying, you're solidifying a covenant, which means that a, a covenant is sealed with a meal, which means that we eat to secure the covenant, which means that a covenant is between two people, is between you and the Christ. And we're in communion, we're in covenant, Jesus, which means that you speak for me on my behalf. When it comes to sickness and disease, you speak for me. When it comes to death, you speak for me. When it comes to him trying to condemn me, you speak for me. When it comes to all the things coming against me, you speak for me in the spirit. But here in this world, I speak for you. I declare your word. I declare your mercies. I declare, I preach. I preach deliverance. To the captive, I preach it to them. This is how they go free. This is how you get healed. This is how you stay delivered. This is how you do it. So I speak on your behalf here. So we're in communion and we're in covenant, which means you put on me and I put on you. And right now, I need you to become flesh for me right now in the name of Jesus. So everyone who's watching in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, this is his blood. The Bible says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And all his blood was poured out for you so you could live a newness of life, which means that everything that you were is dead. And you don't get your life from the blood of goats and bulls. They didn't atone for you. It was the blood of the lamb. The blood of our Savior was shed for you. And we take on his death and we take on his life by taking the blood, which means when he's walking around now with no blood in his body, it says spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like I have. He has no blood. Because the blood was shed and we live our lives in Christ. And now we live a newness of life, which means we don't get our life from the blood of this world. We get our blood from the royalty blood of the risen king. And there's power in the blood. There's power in the king. And so we drink of that. We become one with his death and we become with one with his life. Because the Christ has set ablaze my heart and he lives in me. And if he lives in me. Then I'm going to be walking in communion with him. And if he's in me, then I live for him and he lives for me. And I talk with him and I walk with him. And he, he provides all my healings as I confirm the word over my body. As I confirm who he is in every circumstance of my life. Not just sickness and disease, but in my marriage and in my relationships and everything that comes against me. I let him speak for me. So I drink the blood of the lamb. Because it's the cup of the blessing. And I'm in his blessings. And I live blessed and I stay blessed because he's in me and I'm in him and we become one. And so I drink right now. So if there's anyone right now, I'll do this for you right now. If you have sickness in your body, it says right now that we are all partakers of one bread. We are all partakers of one body. We are all one. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one is glorified, we're all glorified. Jesus was glorified and we're all glorified in him. So I take this part right now. This communion I take. As one, and Paul did this when they were going to die. They were in the ship. They were going to they were going to die in the in the storm. It was sinking, and Paul had communion with people who didn't even know who he was. And because Paul didn't die, they didn't die because they became one, and he was one with the Christ, and he knew that. So here it is. I drink this on behalf of you, and I drink this on behalf of Christ. 
And you can do this on your own in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you that you've died so we could live. Thank you that you took death, hell and the grave, sickness and disease and all those things that are coming against us. You conquered them and we're going to live in you and you remain a conqueror and you will stay a conqueror and you conquered it all. And we get into the conqueror. If you're not Lord of all, you're not Lord at all. And you are Lord of all. You're Lord over all my sicknesses and all my diseases and all my failures and all the things that I am in the flesh. And that's what you speak over. And you're training me to walk out who you are in Jesus name. And so this is part two. I'm going to go in and edit it because we had some glitches and I'm going to have to fix it. But I love you guys in the name of Jesus. If this helped you, if this helped you, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, if it's helped you and you can listen to it again and again and again. And guys, hit the like button, hit the share button. I'm going to go in and edit it because there's a long pause in between. But something happened and I got to figure that out. But just know I just kept going because I love you guys. And the message is greater. The message is greater than all of us because we're messengers. And so, guys, I love you guys in the name of Jesus. Now, remember the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb is the Christ. And who you were was the slave in Egypt. You were a slave to sin. You were a slave to sickness. You were a slave to disease. They had power over you. And when Jesus died, he died as the firstborn. He died as fallen man. He came as the first Adam so the second Adam could be redeemed. And you die as the first Adam so you could be raised in the second Adam. And he's the one that has power over all of it. The older will serve the younger. The old man serves the new man. <laughs> right? That's what all that's about. And when you eat the Passover lamb, when you eat that, you recognize that you get to go free. That's why the people that came out of, of, of the houses, the doorposts, that's called the matrix, right? That represents the blood on the doors. You came out a free son, a free daughter of God. You're no longer a servant, but a child of God that goes free. Because the lamb took your place. So when sickness and disease is trying to attack you, you eat the Passover lamb and you say, no, you can't have me. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. So you can touch me. And that's in the scriptures that I confirmed in Hebrews. When it says that through faith, they took the Passover that the destroyer wouldn't touch them. And that's why you take it. You cannot touch me. You cannot touch my household. You cannot in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. So, guys, I love you guys in the name of Jesus. Time, baby. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In your face. Thank you. Next Friday, we're going to be talking. Oh, he said lost his sound. Oh, next Friday, we're going to be on here. And we're going to do part three. We're going to keep the healing going until everybody in the mama gets healed in the name of Jesus. Because it's for us. It's for the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's for me. I want it. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to wrestle for it. I'm not letting it go. Lord, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. Even if it kills me. Yeah, it does. It kills the old man. And that's the blessing. You wrestle as the old man till he dies when you see the face of God and you go free. That's what it's all about. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Dave. Big Wave Dave. Thank you for my host. Thank you for coming on and putting the scriptures up. I really love you for that. I bless you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this amazing man of God. I love you guys. It's my birthday today. I love you guys. If you want to show some love, show some love. If not to me, to someone else. So in the name of Jesus, be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak blessings over you. I speak healing over you. I bless all that Jesus is over you. All that he is. Come on, dominion of God. It's all Jesus. All the time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.